you are aware that I'm either going to A, refer today as either Monday or Tuesday on an infinite number of occasions here on the eve of the Alamo Bowl. So I'm, I'm just going to call myself out before you have to. We're spending our Wednesday at Newcastle Casino here in Newcastle. Um, I, I got a new thing that I do every single time I come out here, Josh, from my home in the metropolis of Goldsby. Um, I, I take a different way because, I mean, listen, there's there's one easy way, right? You can go Highway 9, take that Blanchard Newcastle exit, turn right, boom, boom, bada bing, bada boom. But it's also a pretty sweet way that if you're going down Highway 9, you turn right on May, get a little back road action, or you can take a couple different back roads. It's nice. Now, granted, it does lead to me cutting it a little bit too close for showtime, but here we are. I hope you had a great Christmas, Josh. How was your first Christmas as an engaged man? <laughs> it was good. It was good. Uh, I don't know that it was too much different than uh, a year ago, really. But uh, <laughs> And I will tell you, uh, we, we have been a little bit disappointed. Family members have been not as interested in seeing the ring as we thought they would be. Really? Yeah. So here's, okay, just a quick thought on that. One thing that I learned in my multiple engagements, I mean, come on, man, we, we all make mistakes, but usually it's her friends that care about the ring, and that's about it, right? Her friends, and that's about it. Like family members. They've, they've been you, through they, this song and dance. Right. They, you have, what do you have, three, two brothers, right? You have two brothers. So they, they've, they've gone through this before. And does she have any siblings that have been engaged or married before, older siblings? No, she's the oldest. Yeah. Oh, well, then that's a little bit disappointing, Josh. Sometimes whenever you're the first one in the family, it's, oh, let me see the ring. Let me see the ring. Maybe they also realize that uh, (laughs) – I I say this with peace and love. Maybe they realize that we work in radio, Josh, so we're not like uh, trust fund babies or anything. So it's it's not like a knuckle buster or anything that we're going to be able to give our fiancés uh, whenever that time comes in, in the business that we call show. But but I'm happy that you guys got to spend a lot of time together. So it was your family. Do you have already the tradition laid out? Is it her family Christmas Eve, yours on Christmas, vice versa? Have you decided how that's going to go? You know, it's, it's so fluid in the way that yeah. it'll operate because so her two sisters are, are nurses. And okay. basically the way that it operates is you alternate Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You have to work holidays, okay. right, in, right. Uh, in the hospital. And, uh, and you, I don't know that there's any concrete – every single year you get one holiday. So And, right. and my uh, oldest brother, Danny, and his family, it's like, who knows when they're going to be coming <laughs> into town. So, it's, you know, whatever. We'll just play it by ear. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad you got to spend it. I, I, I'm not lying. I got a uh, – I got a bag of Cheetos and I got Coast soap, so Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> Do you need um, another gift? I know. I you know what? Actually, I am fine. The this is a gift as as my as my wife likes to tell me. My life and my job is the gift that I get, so I don't really need anything else. It's become it's become a rather different Christmas in the Plank household. And oh, thank you. Is it good to go? Oh, here you go. Here you go. Yeah. Look at, look at, I, well, hold on. I don't like that one. That one doesn't have a good end on it. There you go. How's that? Um, it's become a little bit of a different Christmas, Josh, because, thank you, man, because our girls at, are, are at that age to where the, 
they pick out everything they want. So in this era of like Amazon wish lists and you know, kind of being able to go. It's not like the catalog back in the day where you would go circles, like, oh, I want this, 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 and this. Now it's like, okay, well, what do you have on your wish list? All right. And when you get them what they want, it's almost like they're disappointed. It's like, oh, thank you. No surprises this year again. I guess, yeah, I know, right? I guess there's no surprises. Thanks, guys. But what's, uh, what's great about it is even with, the, for girl dads, you probably have experienced this, and I am a, I am married to someone that is very, very picky and does not like surprises. In fact, I'm pretty sure every single gift that I've ever just off the top of my head have said, I think my wife would like that, has been taken back. It's like been returned. I'm not even kidding. Even in the vein of everyone picking out and getting everything that they chose on their wish list, there was still, Josh, a massive pile of things that went back yesterday. I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's everything you said you wanted, and you get it, and now you spend your day after Christmas returning everything. What, what, what world is this? Was it a, the, the, Were the sizes not right? Was it closed? What happened? You know, I, I think it was uh, – some of it was, was size-related, I think, and then others were it just maybe didn't look how they expected it to look when they got it. So yeah. that's, that's what I was dealing with. Well, but, I uh, mean <laughs> – I don't know what you can do about that. It's like you said this is what you wanted. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is what you circled, and this is what you said you wanted. That's right. And you're going to take it back? That's right. That was pretty much every single conversation that I have had with my kids over the last 24 hours. I'm just I'm just calling myself out. I have out. officially moved past the point of being embarrassed to purchase gift cards. I just I'm so beyond the, oh, look of dissatisfaction when you get somebody something that they really didn't want it's i don't even care if it's not that exciting to get your gift card deal with it here's your gift card you go get what you want have you have you seen have you seen the reel or the tiktok going around where the kid's wearing the gucci coat and he's showing his mom how to activate the walgreen gift card that he got her and he got her a $25 gift card while he's trying on this Gucci coat that she bought him. And she goes, she goes, it says that there's only $22 on here. And the kid said, well, I, I needed to pay $3 for the car. So <laughs> I had to activate it. And then I think my other favorite reel that I saw was the guy that didn't want to wrap presents. So he put every single gift in the same bag. And after one family member would open it, he'd run upstairs and put the other present in that same bag and then give it to the next person. There's these people that are living in 2050 while I'm still sitting here stuck in line at, I don't know, a Walmart returning everything that we got. But uh, we're here. Uh, we're here tomorrow, and we're here Friday. And uh, tomorrow is going to be a three-hour foray in all things Alamo Bowl-related. And, in fact, Josh, over the next two hours and 50 minutes, we're going to have a lot of Alamo Bowl coverage, too, because I think I think there's a really good chance at 10.30 this morning we're going to be able to bring you the Brent Venables press conference. I think there is. Um, you know, y- yesterday we, we had the coordinator press conferences and – as we quickly shift from the fun of our couple of days off to, to back on the grind and counting down to Thursday night's Alamo Bowl, um, I, I don't know how things are going to go with who's going to call plays the bowl game, or, you know, I, I think they kind of said Seth was. And he, and he even, you know, kind of alluded to the fact that it had been a while 
since he had called plays. But I'm a sucker for one thing. And I realize that after watching what, you know, Antonio Pierce has done with the Raiders. And by no means am I trying to bring up the fact that the Raiders beat the Chiefs on Monday. Uh, by the way, Andrew Shepard sent me the most Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes handshake postgame text that I've ever seen in my life. Can I read this real quick? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, and which, by the way, too, Shep, sending it midway through the third quarter, I know what you're doing. Yeah, right? don't be the reverse yeah. jinx guy. I, I, I know what you're doing when you send it midway through the third quarter. And uh, let's see, where is Oh, here it is. Uh, good win. Guys played tough, and we played like boneheads. Merry Christmas. I'm like, who are you? Mahomes shaking hands with Josh Allen after the play? I mean, what, what, after the game, what are we doing right here? Well, How about a little respect? That, that actually was a little tamer maybe than Patrick Mahomes with Josh Allen, <laughs> but still not great. I would agree with you. Take the L, man. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, uh, back to the point that matters. I have fallen in love with guys that care about brands and reputations that matter to me. I... I love the Sooners. I love the Raiders. I've, I've, I've been a Raiders fan since as early as I can remember. And I feel like over the last, you know, since they moved to Las Vegas and maybe even some time before that, Josh, I feel like that they've been trying to be everything but the Raiders. They've been trying to be a little bit more Hollywood. They've been trying to be – more of a of an up to that. Jack Del Rio came in, and you had the 2016 season, and that was a little bit different. But Antonio Pierce came in, and even though they're not they're not a very good football team, but what did he say right away? What did he say at his first press conference? He said, "I grew up a Raider, man. I wore my gear. I, I I'm, I'm from Compton. You know, we had the silver and black, and I'd wear Raider gear to 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 school, and I was a fan. And I hear that, I'm like, yes, let's go. He's talking about. You know, we wanted to choke them out. And I know that in today's society, people get very offended when you talk about sports in that way. And I understand, but it's violent. It's a violent sport. It really, truly is at its core. So my point in bringing it all up and how it ties back to Seth and his press conference yesterday, I love Oklahoma football, man. I might not be sooner born and, and I might not be sooner bred, but but by God, man, I have I, I have been Oklahoma sooner through and through. Uh, even, you know, moments, not moments, but even before I, I moved down to Norman and took the, the sideline job, I love everything that Oklahoma Sooner football is about. And for a while there, before Brent Venables took back over as took over as the head coach, you kind of felt like that maybe we were drifting away from it a little bit, that you know, not that Lincoln Riley didn't do great things here. I know that's how dare I say that, but right – Lincoln Riley did great things at Oklahoma. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to be great or, or loved or beloved ever. And that doesn't mean he's going to be successful at USC. No, it just means when he was here, he did some things that were that were special. But it was also different than what kind of made Oklahoma Sooner football great. Struggling on defense. Um, sure, you could outscore anybody, but it wasn't with a ground and pound, a little more aerial attack. I'm not trying to nitpick Lincoln. I'm just pointing out. That when Brink came in, it's like, listen, we're going to get back to culture and we're going to strip it down to the studs and we're going to have a physical, violent defense. And so when Seth Luttrell is up there and Josh, he's talking yesterday about how much just being a Sooner means to him and how much 
you know, growing up, and his mom talking about, you know, praying for these moments and seeing these moments for him. Like I said, I don't know how this is going to go. I, I think historically it's it's going to work out pretty well. But am I? I mean, I, I am a sucker for those things, man. I was, I was ready to run through a wall listening to that, and it wasn't, and it wasn't that Seth was overly fiery when he said it. It was just really, it, it was real, right? It was just, it seemed so real when he was saying it, and that really, I thought that was really one of the coolest moments so far of this kind of postseason media blitz, because you heard from Seth Luttrell that what. This really matters to him, and it's mattered to him his whole life. I know that was a long way to get to that point, and we took a couple side roads there. But, Josh, I've become a sucker for people that, that, that care and love something and the tradition and the history of it as much as I do. Somebody that gets an opportunity that they, they dream of, right? Preach. Uh, at a place that they really, really care about, which uh, obviously is the situation here for Seth Luttrell. What did he say that uh, he he always wanted to play at Oklahoma, and if you know after that, the only thing he'd really want to do is coach at Oklahoma, and so <laughs> now now he's going to get to do that, and uh, he understands the expectations at hand. He's been a part of that, winning a championship here, and he knows what comes with the seat that he's about to occupy. And, and I thought the the most important thing that he said beyond, look, I've got a great appreciation for being here, and I love Oklahoma, and this place means a lot to me. I thought the most uh, important thing that uh, Seth Luttrell said was my experience as a head coach, which a lot of people out there, and not saying everybody, but a lot of people were concerned, right, that uh, this North Texas tenure, some people felt, well, wait a second, is that the guy you want to go hire when it didn't go great at North Texas, though I would push back against that narrative? Uh, He said that, Look, that's going to make him a better offensive coordinator today and mm-hmm. because he sat in that seat. I'll also add, and, and I know we're due a break, but I would also add one of the things that I liked is whenever he talked about just how multiple things can truly be for him. Uh, there's, I think, the take – well, we're going to play the audio coming up here in just a bit. But there were times whenever he had to throw the football 50 times and there were times whenever he – he didn't. You know, there were there were times whenever they had to run the ball 30, 40 times a game, and it's one of those things to where it's just I – don't, I don't know any other way to put it, Josh, but it's just – it's kind of – it's amoeba-like, right? It can, it can morph into something that's different depending on what the opponents are giving you. And I think that's really awesome, man, and I think that gets me excited for what it looks like going forward – with Seth Luttrell. In fact, let, let's hear from him and Joe John Finley when we come back here on the on the Plank Show live from Newcastle Casino. By the way, one other quick note: um, LV Bunkley Shelton put his name in the portal. Um, honestly, I don't I, I don't think anyone should be too overly surprised by that. I I, I like LV Bunkley Shelton. He seems like a good enough dude. Um, fast came out of air, but just never really was able to break through. So I know we like to kind of overly dramatize someone's role once they leave, but he didn't really do anything. So I'm not going to get too carried away or lose my mind whenever you lose a guy that didn't do anything when he was here. So uh, LV enters the transfer portal. So that means you have the shocker of Caden Green, but then since then, 
what, Aaron Parks and L.V. Bunkley, Shelton, not really too terribly shocking. I didn't catch, Josh, whether or not he's going to play in the bowl game. But, I, I again, even if he did, is he going to get on the field and get that opportunity? Because I haven't seen any, for the Oklahoma Sooners, I haven't seen any of the receivers that have opted out of this game. I, I, I think they all plan on playing. So when we come back, let's hear a little bit more about what Seth Luttrell and Joe John Finley had to say yesterday at the Alamo Bowl press conference as we count down to OU and Arizona. A lot to catch up on. It's a busy program. We're live from Newcastle Casino right here on The Ref. What would you say, Josh Helmer, is your thoughts on the possibility of us being able to air the press conferences? How are you feeling as of 925 this morning? I mean... I want to say I feel good, but I don't know what the I don't know what the setup is. I mean, I know we'll be able to tape delay them after a while with the the Dropbox situation, but is there a live link? I mean, surely they're streaming it. Wait a minute. Right? Wait a minute. Is today Tuesday or Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Okay. Um, it's eleven a.m. I'm gonna I'm gonna remain cautiously optimistic. I don't know why I had down 10:30, but 11 a.m. this morning. So I'm, I'm going to remain optimistic, Josh, that we'll be able to carry the BV and Jetfish presser coming up today. No, is this is this where I say no promises? <laughs> no promises, but there, there you go. Did we? There we were supposed to hear. We were supposed to hear from Ted Roof yesterday too, but I haven't been able to find yeah, that. He, he was he was alongside Seth okay. and Joe John. Okay. Um, well, do you want to start with the OC stuff? Let's do it. Okay. I thought it was a really good question that was asked of Seth Luttrell, and, and really it was a like a two parter. It was like for Seth and Joe John, and it was Seth's air raid, right? That that's what his his writs are. And Joe John Finley, you know, it's everyone wants just to blanketly paint it as like air raid and, and, and spread is all the same thing, but it's a different it's a different offense. So Joe John and Seth both were asked, hey, how do you marry those together? What's that process gonna look like? I kinda thought I kinda thought this was the the highlight of the whole presser. Yeah, just uh working John. with with Seth all year long. You know, he was had had a big influence on what we did anyways and so uh we'll we'll continue to do what we've done and then sprinkle in some of the things that he knows very well and 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 can coach very easily and let these guys make plays. Yeah, for me, I think uh, you know, we've I've I've come from a lot of different backgrounds over the years, you know, just so from the places I've been, I've been had the great opportunity to be around a lot of great coaches, a lot of great offensive minds, and not just the, the head coaches I've worked for, but a lot of the assistants as well. So I've kind of evolved over the years to, um, you know, anywhere I've gone to, um, you know, uh, hopefully evolve in the system that fits uh, our players, the strengths of our players, uh, not so much around, um, you know, some of it's going to fit your personality, but a lot of it year to year is going to change uh, depending on what you have, who's the quarterback, what are your – uh, receivers, running backs, O line. Every year is a little bit different, and I think um, it's our job as coaches to put our players in the best situations to have success. And whatever that is, that's what we need to do. Um, and so we are always evolving, always looking to get better. Um, but we have very similar backgrounds. Um, it's a lot closer than you would think, um, and so. Uh, that's one of the reasons I came to the University of Oklahoma, just believed in what they were doing offensively. It was very similar 
uh, to what I was doing um, before uh, the past few years at, at North Texas. And um, so it was just a great fit for me and just being able to learn and grow under this system. A lot of the things that I, we were doing um, has really helped me just uh, evolve more into this system as well. So it's been great. Do you know one thing that I find to be really interesting is over the last few, what's the best way to put it, maybe years, over the last few years, Josh, I think you've seen coaches that are being a little bit adaptive, willing to kind of not necessarily move completely off what they're rooted in, but even Brent Venables talked about it whenever he was at Clemson, how they would study what Iowa State was doing. You know, sometimes you get some coaches that are just so stuck in their ways. It's like, hey, this is what I'm going to be. This is who I am. Deal with it. And hearing that from Seth Luttrell, I thought that was pretty cool because, hey, you know what? This is, this is what I am. This is this is how my system has always been. And I'm obviously paraphrasing, but I, you know, constantly evolving as a coach, right? And there's things that can be married into what he likes to do, and then also the other things that maybe Oklahoma was doing that Seth hadn't necessarily done before or weren't necessarily formations or schemes that he used might be something that he's able to implement, not just as the OC at Oklahoma, but maybe in his next head coaching stop. Sure. And he's got to just be salivating that he's got Jackson Arnold pulling the trigger uh, once this thing really gets rolling, right? That, look, uh, you've got an idea of what you've called and what you did in North Texas, but Oklahoma is in North Texas, and, and that's not to just be some big slight, and it's captain mm-hmm. obvious, but he's going to be able to do some things, th- theoretically, right, that you could not do there because guess what? Personnel's just more talented. That's right. Now, you mentioned Jackson Arnold. Uh, it took one question before we got to, to Jackson Arnold, and I thought it was a good one. Uh, how has that process been for Seth Luttrell as an analyst in working with and, and being around and understanding what Jackson Arnold is is all about and their relationship. I thought this was uh, a great answer from Coach Luttrell. Uh, it's been awesome. Jackson's a phenomenal young man, uh, extremely hard worker. Um, there's He's going to put in all the time that it takes to pr- prepare the right way each and every week, even though he uh, wasn't the starter in most of those games this year. So, uh, like I told him, we're, we, we're both getting our first start together. So, uh, it'll be an amazing time. Um, no one better to do it with, but like I told him, we got great playmakers around us, uh, great coaches around us that uh, um, are going to make place for us too. And so our job is to work as hard as we can and collaborate effort with everybody else and uh, do our job, uh, make the plays and, and manage the, the game that we're supposed to and um, let the guys around us make huge plays for us as well. A little coach speakish there, but, I mean, we'll see, right? So, sometimes you... I was just texting with the with the buddy. I was texting with behinds Bumpy Roads, and he was referring to uh, an unnamed friend of ours as they were like oil and water, right? You just don't know how those relationships are going to work. Whenever you are taken over as a coach, offensive coordinator, a coworker, whatever it might be, with someone that is either a superior to you or someone that's going to rely a lot on you, and it sounds to me. Sounds to me like this has been really solid between those two, Josh. Seems to me as if even from when Seth – like I'll – I watched Jackson Arnold a lot on the sidelines. I, I watched his mannerisms. I watched how he uh, would handle things. I watched what he was doing, you know, at times whenever maybe uh, 
Dylan Gabriel was talking to Coach Levy, and I noticed there were two guys that he would talk to a lot, and that was Matt Wells and Seth Luttrell. And they weren't like in-depth conversations. It was just they'd come by and maybe point something out and they'd move on. So you knew there was that existing relationship there. But to hear Seth talk about him, hey, it's both both our first games together, both rookies, I don't, I don't know, it just seems like they've got a really good a, a really good understanding of what each guy kind of wants and needs. And that's how it should be. Let's hope mm-hmm. that uh, your yes, offensive <laughs> coordinator, coordinators with uh, Joe John Finley as well, let's hope that they've got a great rapport with uh, Jackson Arnold. And there's a lot of truth in what he said. Yeah, coach speakish, if you want to call it that. And I think you, I, everybody would be hoping that Jackson Arnold, yes, will provide a different dimension and the, the arm strength, right, the ability to escape the pocket, extend plays, some of the stuff they can do in the run game with Jackson mm-hmm. Arnold, will be an added dimension for Oklahoma offensively. And yet, having said that, what Seth Luttrell said, Plank, is right. A lot of times you get in trouble as a quarterback when you try to be Superman. And, and again, you need Jackson Arnold at times to be that extra dimension that Oklahoma hasn't had. But trust your playmakers to go be great. Get guys the get Jalil Farouk the football in space. Get it to Nick Anderson. He's going to make you look smart. You know, here's the thing. I, I, I feel like Oklahoma is being incredibly undervalued in this spot. If you want to look at gambling market spreads, just even the, the little amount of talk that's been out there. Right? The Alamo Bowl's not getting any run on any of the, the national TV shows or even from the, the college talking heads, right? It's it's the Alamo Bowl, right? It's December 28th. It's, it's not where Oklahoma wants to be as a program. That's not a knock on San Antonio or the Alamo Bowl. And everyone seems to fall in love with Arizona. But i gotta tell you something, dude. I just I think Oklahoma's going to put on a show. Thursday night and I'm trying to mesh through if that's me I I work with an Arizona guy who even if Oklahoma beats him by 50 would still talk trash you know it's like whatever but I I I just in my studies of Arizona I don't think they're a very good defensive football team and I think Oklahoma's going to be able to run the ball even with you know a couple of of new guys on the offensive line I don't know man I just I feel like Oklahoma's being incredibly undervalued and Part of the reason, too, is because, you know, Seth Luttrell's no dummy. Joe John Finley's not a dummy. And and Jackson Arnold, I think, has been waiting for this moment in his first year. All right, one other from Seth, and then you can call me a homer if you want, and then we'll get a break. <laughs> uh, the the overall just vibes of, of taking the job and his evolution as a coach this season. Well, I think uh, just being with a great staff, you know, Coach Venables and this group, um, understanding the culture and, um, you know, all the hard work they put in here, um, just being able to sit back and really uh, observe for this past year has been uh, really refreshing. Uh, it's helped me grow not only as a, as a coach but as a person. Um, and I feel like that, uh, you know, getting a, a really good uh, sense of uh, what we did offensively here, um, the way we played. Uh, I thought Coach Levy did a phenomenal job along, along with, a ton of great coaches in that room. Just being around them every day, you're going to learn and you're going to grow. And uh, it's been a blessing uh, for me just to have this year, that uh, that opportunity this year. And follow up, how important have the last few weeks been to sort of getting the ball rolling on what this offense is going to look like in uh, 2024? Well, I'll tell you, it's been uh, it's been very fast over the past few weeks, you know, having gone from 
um, you know, not knowing exactly what I was doing after the season to going out on the road recruiting to the transfer portal to the bowl practices to bowl prep, um, trying to get on the same page with all the uh, all the coaches during this time has been very challenging. But uh, you know, we uh, we got a very hardworking crew. Um, the great thing about our situation we have, um, you know, we have great players, uh, very experienced players that. Uh, know how to go out and make plays, um, and so as of right now, it's just keeping it, um, you know, the way we've been doing things. You know, terminology is not changing. Um, the offense that we're running will will stay consistent to what we've done throughout the year, and um, then we can look up after the season and figure out, um, you know, what we need to do moving forward uh, as adjustments and kind of evolve, evolving and how we grow. Uh, but that, that this isn't time for that. This is time for these guys to go out there and play fast and um, you know have that camaraderie together. All right, when we come back, uh, we got much more audio coming up to kick off hour number two. So we'll hear more from Seth Luttrell. We'll hear more from Joe John Finley, uh, a little Billy Bowman, a little Ethan Downs uh, coming up a little bit later. Oh, and Ted Roof as well, too. So if you missed any of the press conferences yesterday, find us at 10 a.m., and we'll be all in right here on the Plank Show. But when we come back, let's hit the first look at the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And I think today is an okay day to ask this question, Josh. Beyond Jackson Arnold, who's your player to watch in the Alamo Bowl? I've got two, but who are you not just most excited to watch, but who do you need to see something from to feel a little better about it? 405-651-3439. Your texts are next right here on The Ref. Hour number one. We're back, baby. Merry Christmas, belated Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holidays, sneaking up on the new year. Not not there quite yet, Josh Elmer alongside Plank. We're back. Hour number one brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma. They offer fencing installation and fence repairs, customer satisfaction. That's the top priority, as they say. Their perfection, it's your protection Call them because Cause Bob Stoops said so. Number to call, 405-735-1167. 580-NATE <laughs> says uh, on the text line, Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Proud you guys are still friends after the game. Well, I mean, I, again, I, I know this sounds odd, but I, I don't hate the Chiefs. I got a lot of friends that play on that team. It's It's been really hard. It's been really hard to to have that hatred that maybe I had, you know, when Josh and I started this show because you got James Win. I guess James was still there when we started this show, right? But you got James Winchester there. You got Creed and Wanya. Wanya's playing a lot, dude. I don't know if he's playing well. But Wanya's playing a lot. Um, so you got, like, names that I know and dudes that I really like. Blake Bell is there. So – it's it's a little bit weird on that front, and Josh knows the Chiefs are going to go to the playoffs, and Eric Bieniemy is going to come over after Washington fires him, and they're going to fix this thing, and the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. I've seen this movie before. Or, we try to kill the Chiefs every single year, and they just—they're like Jason Voorhees, they're like Freddy Krueger, they're like Michael Myers. They won't die. It, they it don't is, die. It is setting up a little bit for that storyline. How did they fix this offense? But <laughs> I. Uh, I kind of don't think there's a happy ending for KC this year, but that's okay. They'll retool. They'll yeah. retool in the offseason. Hey, there's going to be. Here's the problem. As as a Raiders fan, as somebody who would like to see his team win a division at some point before I before I pass away, um, they're 
every, every big-time receiver is going to want to come play for Kansas City, right? And there's some really good receivers in this draft, too. Everyone loses their mind around Maserati Marv, and he's really good. But this is a, in my opinion, I'm sure others will dump on it, but I really like this receiver class. Plank and I uh, are also pretty good to each other, and not not to name names, uh, but, you know, over the years there's folks that, like, Plank and I feel like it's we've never had a conversation about it, but there's an unspoken, you don't text during the game. That's you right, don't Andrew Shepard. You don't text after the game. We're very <laughs> respectful fans to one another. Try, trying to give the reverse jinx midway through the third quarter and going Patrick Mahomes shaking hands with Josh Allen. I mean, what are we even doing here, Shep? Um, Coy uh, yeah, says no. on uh, maybe a more important topic, were the Flaming Hot Cheetos at least a big bag or one of those small bags? If you missed the open of the show, my big Christmas present for my family, uh, the, my nine-year-old daughter bought me a coffee mug, which is so cute and so amazing. They do this thing at Washington where for the, the grade school kids, they call it like a gift shop, and they allow them, and, and it's all trinkets, right? I mean, you're not going in there and finding Gucci or anything like that, which is fine. I don't need that. But she spends, she saves her money, Josh, and she spends her own money at this gift shop, and she buys a present for everybody. And she got me a coffee mug, and it's the coolest thing in the world. I'm so happy. Now, the rest of my family kind of sucks. I got the small bag of Cheetos, flaming out, which, again, I want to remind you, I don't eat Cheetos. I don't know where this would come from. <laughs> I, and, and then I, this was the best part. Of, this was the best part of it all when I'm like, I don't. Thank you, but I don't eat these. And the response was, yeah, you do. Like, what? <laughs> was it your wife that bought them? I, I think what they did is there was a panic when they realized we don't do we do stockings, okay? And we we shore up the stockings. And in fairness, I am gonna buy a new pair of cowboy boots coming up in a couple of days. So I did say, hey, don't really worry about getting me anything. Just put some stuff in the stocking, and that's fine. But I didn't expect the stuff in the stockings to be coast soap. And a, a, a travel bag of Cheetos that I don't eat. And, yeah, so it was, it was Merry Christmas. Here's your Cheetos. Enjoy. Well, it Small sounds bag. like you guys you guys didn't go crazy on Christmas. And, you know, any more, the, the bigger your families get, the just as a for instance, you know, my oldest brother's got, I've got two nephews, I've got a niece. I really just want to get Christmas gifts for them. But, right. you know, you got to get gifts for your, your two brothers, and you got to get right. them for your sister-in-law. Now, I've got a fiancé and her family, and at some point it's like, I really just want to buy gifts for the kids. You mm. know, and I don't care to get a lot back anymore. Yeah, me neither. I, mean, I, I do like what Eagles, uh, Eagle Nikki brought up, though. Plank, you at least got a Raiders win for Christmas. That's right. That's right. I, I'm disappointed you did, but I'm happy for you. Can, can we do the last two on the text on the on the prep page before we get to everyone talking about the player they want to watch? Can we do can we do just Tracy and Smash Mouths? Yes. Okay. Here you do Smash Mouths. I'll do just Tracy real quick. Uh, she writes. Uh, I'm. I think it's a she. I'm right here with you, Josh. I'm over trying to spend a ton of time and money on gifts. Totally agree with the gift card giving easy button. You know what my 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 stepmom and my dad, they're big stockings so you go to their house and i think i think i still have like the shaving cream that was in my stocking from like eight years ago that i never use but even them they're just like here's a card here's some money love you guys just come see us we want time with you and that's all i want that's all i want smash mouth sooner 
Plank, I got a candle from Dollar General, which is exactly what I didn't ask for. I went to take it back, and they couldn't return it because it was only one penny. I got a Thanksgiving clearance candle that cost one cent. Hey, listen, as somebody who frequents Dollar General regularly, okay, because it's it's right on my path to uh, home uh, – the midpoint between my home and Washington Elementary and Washington High School is the Dollar General. And they'll have these tables that they set out. And on these tables, they'll have all these deals. And it's a bunch of stuff you don't want. But Smash Mouth Sooner, I can completely see where somebody was walking by. And they're like, dude, we didn't get Smash Mouth anything. Look, what, what, what's that candle for on the table? A penny? Get it. We'll give it to them. Good. Done. Out. They'll never know. <laughs> they, they have tables like sitting outside and not, not, and again, I don't care. It's Dollar General. I don't, I'm there because they've got butt ices for $1.97. Not like I'm an alcoholic or anything. But the funny thing is, they'll have, they're just like regular tables. It's like someone's living room and Dollar General will set out a bunch of stuff on it. It's like, here, you want this? I mean, you don't really have to pay for it. Hey, this one's pretty cool from Mike. Rocking the app at 30,000 feet, Boomer. Are, are you traveling, Mike? I mean, you got to be, right? Dude, is he jumping that high? I have be never. Flying somewhere. I'll tell you something. There's a whole rant saved up for this at some point. Today's not the day. But I have never had any success with airplane Wi-Fi. You know never. what? I'm glad you said that because, uh, <laughs> and I paid twice. It was so bad the first time. I still came back for seconds on the trip <sighs> home. And it, it didn't work. Now, you know, for me, it's like, whatever. I think I, I'm going to try and write it off, but it is a work expense. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just so obnoxious. It's like, why am I paying 15 bucks for something that does not work? And by these two are pretty funny. 5808 writes, the Dollar General in my hometown is the walking dead in real life. Uh, sooner, sooner Dougie. Uh, writes, Plank, are you sure you woke up in the right household on Christmas morning? Sounds like nobody there knows you. <laughs> and then Chapstick writes, Bud Ice, really? You're old enough to buy good booze. I don't know, man. A deal's a deal. <laughs> they, have, right. they have this thing. <laughs> I, 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 love, I love looking at beer prices because they're so ridiculous now and how varied they are. You go to an on-cue and there's certain selections that are $8 that you go to a 7-Eleven and they're 3 I don't understand the pricing, but I was just I was looking the other day at the 7-Eleven. They have something I've never heard of before, Josh, called Bush Ice. And the tall boys were like a dollar. I was like, who drinks this? It's, a, it's, it's, an like, up, it's like Steel Reserve. It's like an up north thing. Uh, <laughs> Bush beers are really popular uh, in you know up north and everything. Uh, hey, listen, quick break. All right, so you guys have some good stuff. I asked for legit sportsy takes, and we got them. Who are you most looking forward to seeing in the bowl game? I got two. Josh got Josh got Josh has two. We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, more from the press conferences coming up in just a bit. We're going to try to do our best to bring you Brent Venables and Jetfish, which is coming up at 11 a.m. this morning. We're, we'll see if we're able to make that work or not, fingers crossed. But, Josh, I wrote down two guys, one offense, one defense. You guys have been crushing it on the text line. Um, can, my offense one is a little bit random. Tywee Walker. Now, again, this is with Jackson Arnold's the obvious answer, right? And I think any of the receivers are pretty acceptable. 
I want to see Drake be big time in his final game. I want to see Jaden Gibson do special things. But I am, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious because I'm rooting for Tawi Walker. I don't know, I don't think he's coming back to Oklahoma, but I'm intrigued to see how he looks and kind of how much work he actually gets. I know that's a weird one because it doesn't really affect, I think, the future of Oklahoma, but I find myself rooting for this guy a lot. And the second one is Jaron Kanick. I, I mean, we've seen him a lot this year, but we've seen him struggle. He kind of had a Stutzman-like year if you look to what Danny did last year. Josh, I want to see Kanick take those steps in the bowl game. Yeah, a lot of folks on the text line are offensive line, offensive line. So a great right. performance from Sexton. One of the guys at center, if, for example, Joshua Bates plays a lot in this game. I know Troy Everett's listed uh, atop the, the depth chart there, but that would be encouraging uh, mm-hmm. going forward. And then, uh, you know, really one of the younger guys defensively, if uh, if a P.J. Adebare made some plays, if an R. Mason Thomas made some plays in this game, I think Kanick is a good selection uh, from you. And then, you know, really uh, – you know, a Bowen or, or somebody defensively as well. One of the younger younger guys both sides of the football would be the direction I'm thinking. We're on the road at Newcastle Casino on a Wednesday. When we come back, we'll hit your texts on players that you want to keep an eye on. Plus, everything from yesterday's press conference. Brent Venable speaks with the media as 11, at 11 as we get you set for Oklahoma and Arizona in the Alamo Bowl right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.